awfully lovely this evening. You're talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> thought I was talking to Mrs. Cleaver. Ah, well done, Eddie. Yeah. Um, uh, that's George Chapel. I'm Keith Stone. This is George and Keith's Musings, our podcast. Uh, we talk about pop culture and things that we like. Um, best way to get us is at the website anchor.fm slash GK Musings. Um, we're also out there on Apple. If you want to uh, converse with us via email, we are at gkmusings at yahoo.com. And um, that's about all the business part of it. Okay. George, this was, I need you to explain what and what the, uh, the, the, the outlines we had for this. Okay, well, what we're, we're talking about today is we're looking for our top uh, TV moms and dads. Uh, and and when we say top, it's not necessarily just like the best, you know, who are the best moms and dads, or not necessarily who are even the worst. We're kind of looking for who are the most memorable, which are the ones that have kind of stood the test of time and, and, and formed a very memorable part of the show. I think I'm also looking for parents, you know, that were like mostly known for being for being parents, that that or the the fact that they were a parent was a significant part of the show. Um. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> How's that? I I think that fits in with just about all I have, but um, as you go through them, you'll see that I it wasn't necessarily. It was more about the character, and maybe it should have been more about the relationship with their kids, but in all cases, it wasn't. Okay. Um, one of the instructions you gave me was that they should be memorable. Yep. And that's what I did. Okay. Well, uh, then, then I, I look forward to our comparisons. Uh, we often do differ on a lot of these, which I think is what makes it, uh, make, makes it pretty fun to go through. That's right. So I'll go first. Okay. Uh, we did this top 10. And my number 10 are Dan and Roseanne Connor. Okay. Um, they were raising three kids pretty much in squalor. Um, they, uh, you know, Dan worked, Roseanne, I think she worked at some point, but not really. But they always... Um, you know, you and I, of all people, should appreciate Roseanne's sarcasm. She was yeah. full of that, and um, you know, there was the kid. The kids never did without, and they had two teenage girls. So of course, there's always a lot of high drama between mother and daughter. And um, DJ was young, so he didn't cause much trouble. But anyways, um, I so that's really. All I had to say about them, but I okay. I put the Connors on there. Okay, then I, I I didn't watch that show a lot, but they they had like there was one of the daughters was like two different characters, right? And I think they made some jokes about that. Yeah, Becky switched up yeah. actresses. Yes, and that was also kind of the show that really kind of put John Goodman on on the map. I think wasn't he? He was it really kind of made him part of the. Uh, 
John Goodman was way funnier than Roseanne on that show. Absolutely. And okay, uh, good one. Uh, my number ten actually comes from right around the same era as Roseanne was on at the same time, uh, but I'm just going for uh, for the dad from this show just because I I, I thought he was. Just a great, great character. Uh, again, very sarcastic. Uh, lived in, I think they very much liked the Connors. It was also took place in the Chicago area and kind of a, a downtrodden family living in, in kind of squalorous conditions. But I'm going with Al Bundy. Uh, Al Bundy from, from Married with Children. He was just this, uh, this guy who's he was the classic peaked in high school guy. Um, he was, you know, in his 40s, worked as a, as a salesman at a shoe store, but he went to work every day for his family. He came home just kind of beaten down, and, and he would always kind of go back to his glory days when he scored uh, four touchdowns in one football game back in high school, and his life kind of went, went down right from that point. But, uh, but Ed, Ed O'Neill as Al Bundy, I think, is, is a classic TV father. He was. That was Polk High School, by the way, that he played for. I remember that. James K. Polk. Yep. Um, I I watched that show off and on, and he was really good in it. And um, um, yeah, you're right. There was they I don't they were they were very lower middle class like the Connors. So yeah. that's a good combination. Yeah. Okay. They they probably just lived on the block. The next block over or something. Must have been. Yeah, big yeah, no doubt. Okay, number nine <laughs> is a horrible father. Um and it's Frank Reynolds from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, good choice. He was uh played by Danny DeVito. He was Dennis and Sweet D's father. And um he was not in season one and the Ratings kind of suffered, and the producers needed to add something to the show, and so they added uh, uh, Danny DeVito as Frank Reynolds. And so the kids are growing up now. They own a bar, and he's he's an old schemer, but he's loaded. He's got all kinds of money, and so he finances a lot of a lot of the trouble that they get into, but. Um, he is no good, and he <laughs> he's just a horrible role model, but um, funny as hell. Yeah. Um, that show is great, and, and Frank is a big part of it. I, I, I agree. Good, good choice. Uh, well, staying, sticking with the theme of absolutely horrible parents, uh, I'm going to go with an absolutely horrible mother in, in for my number nine, and and we've talked about Arrested Development before, but Lucille Bluth, uh, I think, is, is, <laughs> is exceptionally memorable, and she is an awful mother. She's uh, just this uh, kind of prima donna. She likes to, to uh, pit her kids against each other and to kind of, like, play on her affections uh, or for, for their affections. Um, you know her her relationship with with Buster is is nothing short of creepy. When you know when they go through through these uh, competitions like the Mother Boy competition, um, 
but uh, Jessica Walter as as Lucille Bluth uh, is, is is highly memorable, very very funny, uh, and is also kind of the model for another mother that that didn't make my list, but probably could, which is uh, Mallory Archer from Archer, which is another show we've we've talked about, but. Lucille and Mallory are kind of the same character, so they they can kind of share this this plot together. I think. Yep, that's a good one, and she is, boy, her and Frank Reynolds together. What a dynamic duo they would have been, huh? Yeah, yeah, right at number nine together. That'd be a classic matchup. That's good. Okay, I'm gonna go 180 degrees on you. We got to have some good role models, yeah. and I'm gonna go with Ward and June Cleaver. Okay. Um, I like to leave it to Beaver the show, and it was your typical '50s show. You know, everybody, everybody is clean cut and good. And Ward's wearing a suit and tie to eat dinner in June. I don't think did June ever not have a dress on. Yeah, I, yeah, she had the dress and the pearls. Yep, heels and and uh, yeah, she's always always taking care of the kids. And, Ward, yep, and at the Beav. Or Wally had a problem. It was always solved by the end of the episode. And, you know, they they, they, they never argued. There was never any arguments amongst the four of them. And even though Eddie Haskell thought he was fooling the, the Cleavers, they were on to him and they knew he was a snake in the grass. Well, I'm going to tell you right here, Warden June are my number seven. So I'll, I'll just kind of talk about, I can talk about them along with you. But yeah, Ward was Ward always had uh, just this, a, a fount of, of wisdom uh, to to share with his kids. Uh, he never never lost his temper with them really. Uh, and June was always just you know really uh, calm and level headed. And like I said, yeah, they 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 knew what Eddie was all about too. So uh, yeah, and even in the fifties when you know men were were dominant, they went to work. The, the wife stayed home and took care of everybody. I never got the sense that June was inferior to Ward. They were kind of a, a 50-50 team, which was, you know, they never made a point to bring that out. But, you know, now that I'm older and I, and I still watch reruns, you know, I, I always thought that she had an equal voice. I, I, I agree with you. And I think in that sense, yeah, I think they're, they're great, great role models and, and great TV parents. Yep. Okay, so why don't you do your seven and I'll come back with my eight? Okay, my number seven um, is my only cartoon dad, and it's Homer J. Simpson. All right, you know he's always going to be on my character list. Uh, not Marge, not so much. Um, she tried to do her best, but she was raising Homer as well. But yep. Homer was just. A horrible father, but he did have a good job. He went to work. He was always trying to provide for the family. And he, you know, Bart would drive him crazy. Yeah. Um, so he did a good job of only strangling him, you know, in the occasional <laughs> episode and not all the time. Um, I think he was supportive of Lisa most of the time. Um, but I think Homer... Homer was a dope, but he had a good heart, and I think he loved his family. I I, I would agree with you there. Um, very very much it driven. He you know he's very, you know, 
his universe kind of centers right right around him. But yeah, I, I agree with you. He, he loves his family, and he and he does what he can for them. So right. Yep. So we're uh, backing up to your number eight. Uh, then. Okay, my number eight, and we're kind of talking about kind of a kind of an id driven dope that actually does really love their family. Uh, I'm going to Archie and Edith Bunker uh, as my number eight. Uh, just just a, a highly memorable uh, married couple. Uh, you know, Edith was always the dingbat, but she still had an ability to kind of speak her mind and, and hold her own. And Archie did love her a lot. And they both and they both loved Gloria. Uh, Edith loved loved Meathead too, and Archie kind of put up with him. And I think over but over time, Archie kind of grew to to love Meathead as well. Uh, and he was he was a a bigoted person, but I think his bigotry was, was founded in ignorance and not in, in any kind of malice or hatred. Um, huh. but he, uh, but I think he, uh, he, he loved, he loved his family, uh, as, as obnoxious as he could be. Okay, I'm going to give you a little pushback on this one. I don't, I can't think of a time when Archie demonstrated love towards any of them. I think there was an episode when, when Edith got beat up, you know, yeah. and borderline raped, and that's like the softest I ever saw him. But yes, I know he loved Gloria, but he yeah. never really did. He ever really say that? Did he ever demonstrate that? And I don't I, think he ever came along to like a meathead ever, just because of the politics. Well, I mean, the, the poli- they definitely differed on the politics. I think he kind of came from that era where fathers didn't really – fathers didn't tell their kids that they loved them. And, you know, he's part of that generation, even, even though they did. I think he still demonstrated it, though. And, no, he didn't like Meathead early on, but I think in, in the later seasons, I think he came to accept him at least. Okay. So, um, yeah. you, you were right. You got me there. That's a very good point. There wasn't a lot of I love you going on um, right. in that time, and especially from a curmudgeon like Archie. Right. Okay. okay. <laughs> well defended, and I uh, think I made my argument, so we'll let the jury decide. Okay. Um, well, we're on to six, I think. We are on to number six. And I'm going back to a great set of parents and that is Mike and Carol Brady. Um, They, uh, they were a remarried couple as we know from the theme song and (laughs) uh, each bringing three children of their own. Now it was revealed in the pilot. I don't remember this, but I just read this. It was revealed in the pilot that Mike's, wife had died but we never ever heard what happened to carol's marriage okay and sherwood schwartz who was the producer creator of the show he has always contended that carol was divorced but really yeah in the 70s though divorce was kind of a dirty word so that's why they never they never brought it up on the show and and uh, well, and I'm gonna—I'll tell you right now. Mike and Carol are my number five, so I'll, I'll kind of chime in as well. Okay. Um, 
yeah, it's like after that pilot episode, they never, they very rarely ever even hinted that they were a blended family, that they weren't anything other than just the the full parents of all all sets of kids. It, they really kind of got away from that, uh, you know. But but Mike Mike and Carol were uh, also you know good good role models. They were always quick to to dispense with the the wisdom. And if you didn't think these these two were dedicated parents, just just listen to them walking through the Grand Canyon yelling, "Bobby!" <laughs> for like half the episode. I always contend that the writers kind of lost the lost their train of thought and and, and didn't know. And I think the you know the, the whole script for that episode was probably like you know like three pages, and it was mostly everyone just going Bobby and Cindy. Either that, like, like they lost it yeah. right before filming. It is, what are we going to do? Just everyone yelled Bobby and Cindy. Right. Uh, but, no, yeah, uh, again, a, a classic, classic TV couple. So those were the good old days of TV where every problem was discovered and solved in 30 minutes. Yep. And with very level-headed reasoning. Yeah. And, um, and, and, I liked the Brady Bunch. I still, I mean, I liked the Brady Bunch. A lot of stuff went on in that family. Oh, yeah. And um, they handled it all as it came. And um, this has got nothing to do with anything, but I found this out, which is kind of funny. You know, they had that dog, Tiger. Yep. Well, if you'll notice, you'll never see him after episode five. He got hit by a car and died. Wow. And And they tried to cast other dogs but it never worked and but you'll always see the dog house in the backyard and that's because um early on the uh they tipped over some lights and it burned a hole in their actual turf backyard oh. <laughs> so they used the dog house to cover up the hole i'll be darn I, I had no idea i know the crazy stuff that i bring to the table so Mike and Carol were number five on your list? They were five on my list. Yep. So you need to come back and give me number six. Right. Okay. So okay. So my, num- my number six, another, another very wholesome set of parents uh, on a TV show that was on back in the 70s. But I only discovered this show maybe, you know, eight to ten years ago. Uh, we got it on, got the whole series on DVD. Grouch used to watch it when she was a kid. But a uh, great set of parents, John and Olivia Walton from the Waltons. Um, you know, John was a he was a hardworking uh, uh, lumberman in the in you know, backwoods Virginia, and uh, you know, and Olivia kind of took care of uh, of all the kids. Uh, but just very, very wholesome uh, uh, family back from the from the depression. Uh, through John and Olivia's leadership, they just kind of held the whole family together, and and they all said good night to each other uh, every night. So that's the only thing I know about that show. Yep. Good night, yeah. night, John boy, and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, right? and every at the end of every episode, yeah, they shut shut the lights off and they're all just saying good night to each other, and and that's that's a tribute to uh, the John and Olivia being being great parents. Now, how many Walton kids were there? Do you know that? I don't. There were, there were like, like I said, I don't know anything. There were there five. Were, there were five. There was uh, John Boy, 
and then Jason, and then uh, let's see, Mary Allen. Oh, there were six. Uh, Mary Ellen, uh, Aaron, Ben, and Elizabeth. So there were, yeah, there were what three boys, three girls. And how many seasons of that was that show on? Um, I think I, I'm going to say it was like uh, eight or nine seasons. Uh, was it really? If if we ever did like the top grandparents, all it'd, it'd be grand, Grandpa and Grandma Walton were also pretty classic. Okay, uh, you could you could almost get diabetes from watching that show because everybody was so sweet, right? Uh, pretty, pretty much. It was, it was, you know, but it was really a good show. It had a lot of good characters, a lot of, uh, just, you know, kind of quirky little small town characters, uh, that would kind of come in and out of their lives. And, uh, it's, it's really, it's really a much better show than I, than I was expecting it to be. Okay. Very good. Um, number five on my list this is kind of back to a modern day Connor family or married with children. And the show just went off the air last year and it's Mike and Frankie heck That's from the middle, the middle. Uh, they're on my honorable mention. Okay, good. So I, I didn't know if that was a show that you watched or not. So yeah, no, I've, I've excellent. Quite, quite a few episodes. Yeah. They raised three kids and, uh, you know, they had that. They had Axel, the oldest boy, and Sue was the middle child. Plus, you know, the only girl, yep. and good old Brick, <laughs> Brick, who had some kind of autism, which we could identify with, because um, you know we had Matt, who has some autistic tendencies, yeah. but uh, Brick's was a lot more severe than that. But talk about, uh, you know, living in squalor i mean they did that was kind of their choice i mean um frankie wasn't going to keep the house clean yeah and they i don't think they ever had a dishwasher that worked they used they used the outside hose yeah for the sink yeah um and you know and mike was usually always employed at the quarry so i don't know what they were doing with all their money but um you know they had it tough but they certainly didn't solve anybody's problems by the end of the episode. No, but um, yeah, their problems all just kind of continued on, didn't they? Yep. And it was funny how, you know, Mike was always very calm and almost aloof and Frankie, she freaked out about everything. Yep. Um, and so it kind of just worked for him. And, um, you know, as the show closed out, uh, Everything seemed to work out, and I think the the hex are going to be just fine. <laughs> you know, you know another character on that show uh, that I really, really liked, and and was also uh, a, a mom on the show in her own right. But I think she was only in maybe five or six episodes. But was was Brooke Shields in on that show? I thought I thought she was, oh yeah I thought she was brilliant in that show, which I never I never would have expected out of Brooke Shields. But you know, they she was she just. She was this tall and menacing next-door neighbor that was kind of like the, the bane of, of Frankie's life. Yeah, very white trash. Yeah. Everybody was scared to death of her. Yep. And I think at the end, though, Frankie kind of stood up to her and kind of broke her down, and we found out that maybe she wasn't so bad. Well, and that, you know, and that, I think that was one of the things that made it work, because, you know, Frankie was so short, and Brooke Shields was so tall yeah. that, 
that the two yeah. to, just looking at the two together was funny in itself. Exactly. Yeah. Good. All right. I'm glad you watched that show. Good yep. for you. Uh, yeah. Like I said, they made they made my honorable mention. So good. I'm glad we could talk about that one. Okay. Uh, so that was your five. Yep. Okay. So my four. Okay. Uh, my four. I'm going back to just a single parent again. Uh, and also a horrible role model, uh, as it all turned out. Uh, but we've talked a lot about this guy and, and the motivations for what he did. But my number four is Walter White from Breaking Bad. Uh, highly memorable dad. Uh, you know, he kind of got into the whole uh, drug business initially as a means to, to help his family out until he got just overly consumed with the the ambition and the and the greed and the desire for power and money, and then over the over the few seasons, he left his family behind to the point where he kind of came to the recognition that yeah, I uh, I didn't do it for the family or anyone else. I just did it for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it the show of course is a great transition uh, of the character. But at least initially, he, I think he truly and sincerely was trying to do what was best for his family. Yeah, so. he definitely was. And I'm glad you didn't stick to the narrative that he was always good to his family. So you're talking about a guy that did the whole 180 yep. right in front of our eyes. He went from being a good dad with, with you know, good intentions, and he just turned into the worst. I yep. mean, he put his... He put his family in direct danger. They could have been killed yep. at any time. Yep. So in, the, in that sense, he, he was both a good and a bad father and exceptionally memorable. Okay. Very right. good. I, I like I like that. I When you started with Walter White, I was going, what are you, crazy? But you nailed it. He changed yeah. and he turned into a terrible one. Yep. Okay. This one is... This is a sneaky one. Um, this is a single father, and I just liked how he stirred the pot. And it's Martin Crane, who is oh. Frazier and Niles' dad from Frazier. Um, this was when he had left Cheers, and now he was in Seattle, had the radio show and all that stuff. But, you know, Frazier and Niles were very – very proper, um, all the best clothes, all the best food. Yeah. And, and their the, dad. They were the definition of the metrosexual. Ex- yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And their father was the exact opposite. He had this ugly chair that must have just killed Frazier every time he saw it. Yeah. And he would embarrass Frazier at any chance he got. And so it was already too late. Apparently he was a good father when he was raising them. Cause those kids were both extremely successful, yep. but boy, when he, when he got the chance to turn the, turn the needle into Frazier, he <laughs> took it. And I, and I appreciate that because Frazier needed to be knocked down several notches and his dad was about the only one who could do it to him. Yep. Uh, his dad, he loved sports. He loved like the Seahawks and the Mariners and the Supersonics. And you, you know, you'd go to any any sporting event, 
and and yeah, Niles and Frazier just they didn't even they had no concept of what was going on in any of the games. So it's uh, yep. But but through it all, there was there was a lot of love and affection there as well. Uh, yep, absolutely. They and it went kind of the other way too because you know Frazier let them live with them and stuff like that. So that was important that they were together. But so yeah, that was there was love there, and uh, but I loved how they went back and forth. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, my number three. I'm going back to 1970s television. Uh, and this is a show that t- took place back in back and and a little house on the prairie. That's the name of the show, and the parents are Charles and Caroline Ingalls. Uh, this prairie family that you know. And, there seems to be a common theme. A squalor seems to be a, 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 a running theme that kind of leads to good parenting, or at least memorable parenting. But Charles and Carolyn had, had three daughters uh, that they uh, you know, lived out in, in rural Minnesota with. Uh, Charles was a very honest and hardworking uh, man who was who, – a lot of just bad things would happen to him, but through his, his faith and the love of his family, uh, he, he just kept, kept working hard and would give, uh, would do anything for, for his family. Uh, and Caroline was, you know, she kind of, she just, she was a, a great, uh, you know, wife to Charles and, and, and mother to the, to the girls. Um, and again, would just do anything for him. So, uh, very, very good parents, and they were really good in contrast to the to the uh, the Olson parents, who were just kind of like, especially uh, Harriet Olson, who was just this kind of real nasty, uh, greedy woman, who was a good contrast to them. Well, I, I feel like a heel because I don't I don't watch any of these wholesome shows <laughs> that you've watched. Um, so, what what time period? Did this show take place? I think it was it was eighteen seventies. It, it was post Civil War. Uh, over the course of that, so you'd you'd see uh, Civil War veterans kind of coming in and out of their out of their world. Um, but it was just this this life out on life out on the frontier. Uh, and and also there's there's a uh, actually a, there's a crossover with one of our other lists the uh, the people that we want to have dinner with. Uh, my old little league coach was—he—he he had a couple uh, uh, guest spots on that show too. So no kidding. Okay. Jack King had well, a couple in there, so that made it extra memorable. George, your breadth of TV love is amazing to me, <laughs> and I and I feel like such a pinhead compared to you. I mean, I've got—I like comedy. And yeah. I like uh, the occasional police drama or something like that. But, man, you are all over the map. And I can't wait for one of the soap operas to come up. But um, <laughs> so far, you're doing great. And I all right. I tip my hat to you. Well, I appreciate that. All right. Okay, now I'm coming back to a show that is on right now. And um, both the parents are entertaining but I'm going to lean towards Murray Goldberg from okay. the Goldbergs. Um, he's married to Beverly, um, yep. and they are raising three kids. And um, Murray 
dispenses very little wisdom, but when he <laughs> needs to, when he needs to, he can do it. But yeah. his favorite thing is just to call his kids morons and <laughs> be left alone. Yep. And, and as soon as he owns, a, he owns a furniture store, and as soon as he walks in the door, he immediately takes his pants off and spends the rest of the evening sitting in his favorite chair in, in his underwear. Now, who wouldn't love to do that? That Yeah, that's the life right there. Yeah. You know, yeah, in a, in a lot of ways, it's similar to kind of an Al Bundy type where, you know, just kind of goes and, and works in this retail job that, you know, he, he doesn't necessarily love, but he does it because he knows he, knows he has to. And, and, uh, and I have the Goldbergs on my honorable mention, so it's, uh, they're right there next, next to the hex. Okay. Uh, and I, I, like, I like Bevy, too. Bevy, she's, she's the, just the classic overly intrusive mother that just wants to be involved in every aspect of her children's life. And like you said, yes. Murray is almost the opposite. Like he wants just, like you say, he wants to be left alone, just nothing to do with it. Right, which is why it works. But when they need to, when Beverly is just, you know, overwhelming them, they can go to Murray and he he does have some knowledge and that does seem to help them out. Um, and Pop, but, Pop uh, too. Oh, he does. Pop, Pop, we're doing yeah. our grandparent list. He's making yep. that list too. I think so. Yep. Okay, right. so that is my number three. Okay. So going on to my number two, I have a suspicion these guys might be on your list. Uh, but these are, this is going back to the highly obnoxious parents, uh, which makes them so memorable. But it's Frank and Estelle Costanza from Seinfeld. Also number two on my list. <laughs> Great. So we can we can riff back and forth. Yep, uh, I don't I don't think they even appeared on the show until some like in the third or fourth season. But season just, four. What? And that's that's hard to believe because they were such an integral part of the show. Uh, Jerry Stiller is is just comedic genius. Uh, I think the the first one to show up though was Estelle, and I think the, she debuted in the uh, in the during the con was it the contest i think it was the contest because she watched she was the one that walked in on george and caught him and put her in the hospital and uh, i don't know if that was the first one or not i was quickly looking through trying to figure out how many episodes that we're on um but i couldn't find it in time so i don't know the answer to that um one thing i do know is that um uh Jerry Stiller was not the original Frank Costanza in the um, in the original show. It was a different guy. It was John Ramsey. Yep. And then for syndication, they reshot it. Yep. With uh, Jerry Stiller in that. So as far as anybody who sees the show now, um, it's always been Jerry Stiller as Frank. Right. And yeah, and and John Randolph. Uh, you you can see if you have the DVD set. He's he's in he's, he's still in that one, uh, but but Jerry Stiller just he he owned that role, uh, and and from all from all accounts, like apparently he's just this, an exceptionally nice and kind and gentle person. But when when he was acting in that role, man, he just went over the top and and uh, just yeah, so 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 fun. so many good things. I mean, did he ever not yell at the top of his voice? I mean. No, he I never think. had a 
anything below 11, right? Really, and, and Estelle was kind of the same way. They were, Absolutely. Which is why it just it just drove George crazy. He couldn't stand to be around his parents because they were it, it just grated on his nerves all the time. Yeah, they were they were horrible parents. They were I don't know if they were horrible people, but they sure didn't treat George very well. But they were a lot of fun to watch. Frank gave Steinbrenner a lot of trouble. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Why'd you trade trade Jay Buner? Right. Exactly. Um, but, uh, but whenever any Frank Costanza episode, uh, on Seinfeld is a winner. I loved Serenity Now is one of my favorite yep. things to, to bellow when things just aren't going right. Yeah. And that's one of his big lines. And best of us for the rest of us. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Good right. pick. Okay. Now I wonder how we're going to do on number one. Um, uh, I'll go first, I guess. Okay. And number one, I'm going with the, the, the sweet and sappy route. Okay. Um, it's a single father and it's Andy Taylor. All right. Uh, Honorable mention. Okay. And Andy Taylor was Opie's dad and he had Opie, he had Aunt B helping but but Andy was always around for Opie and Opie would come down to the jail and he was you know as much as Andy had to keep an eye on Barney and herd him and stuff he was always home for dinner um I don't you know he always had great advice for Opie he did a good job of raising him and um you're probably wondering what happened to Opie's mom. I was going to ask. And it was uh, the Andy the Andy Griffith show, Andy Taylor. That character was developed on the Danny Thomas show. And during right. the episode on the Danny Thomas show, they said that Opie's mom died when he was the tiniest little baby. So oh. they don't go come right out and say it. But it's probably she died during childbirth. Okay. But that so, was on the Danny Thomas show. They never mentioned it on the Andy Griffith show. Oh. Well, so who was so Aunt B was whose aunt? Was it was it Andy's aunt or was it Opie's aunt? Andy's aunt. Because she was so old it had to be it had to okay. be Andy's aunt, right? Okay. I I don't I, I don't know. I was just wondering, but yeah, probably. That's what I'm going with. The old aunt that just kind of came out and helped out when when Opie's mom died. Right. Okay. Right. Exactly. So, um, uh, Andy Taylor, I'd love to have a dad like him. And, um, well, I had a great dad. Don't get me wrong. I I, I understand. But he was was a good man. So, that was my number one. Okay. Uh, My number one, uh, I'm going on the – on the awful dad side again and again, and it's my only animated character on the list. No, it's, it's not Homer Simpson. I'm going back to South park uh, for Randy Marsh. Randy now Marsh. we've met, we've, we've talked about this guy before. I knew you were going to go back here, right? Yep. I, I love Randy Marsh. Any, like, like you said, any episode with Frank Costanza's winner, any South park episode with Randy Marsh 
is an absolute winner. The guy is just he's he's just a loose cannon. Uh, you know, from from the the classic Bat Dad episode where he wants to go out and and and, and uh, get drunk during his son's little league games. Uh, great great quotes like you know I th- I thought this was America, and. Or you know he's always he's calling out to his son Stan, and uh, but he's just he's just a, a complete a completely poor poor role model uh, substance abuse and the whole the whole thing, but in in terms of memorability, uh, the absolute best South Park episodes are the ones that have Randy Marsh on them. Now Stan wasn't too bad of a kid, right? I mean Cartman was the big problem, but. Right, Stan was okay, wasn't he? Stan was was very normal and balanced. He was kind of like the, one of the, the straight guy of the whole show, uh, which is unusual. You think you know with a dad that's as unbalanced as that, that Stan would be a, a complete screw up. But Stan actually kind of has a, has his act together, uh, and he he spends a lot of his time trying to keep trying to rein his dad in. So, okay, well, um, I've I always watched South Park just occasionally yeah. but now thanks to all your ballyhooing i i try and watch them as often as i can okay um sarah pretty much has to be out of the room <laughs> but it but um the beauty of south park is like comedy central you know they run like six of them in a row yeah so if i've got a window i can just watch a whole bunch of them in a row. so i'm starting to learn who the characters are, and I know I should watch it, but how many seasons has that show been on? I mean, I'm I'm so far behind, it would be impossible. I I have watched it through 19 seasons, and I don't know if there's a 20th one or not. Oh uh, my lord, it might be, but it yeah, there's there's tons of, and the show has changed a lot over the years. If you you know if you look at the first two or three seasons, they've changed dramatically since, since over the from the last the last few. Now, uh, but but all the seasons are really strong and funny. They re- they really kept it together. I think. Are there is the, are there continuing storylines, or can I just randomly watch a show from two thousand seven and then two thousand three, or do I need to be you, careful to watch them in order? In in the recent, probably the last four or five seasons, they've kind of got into these story arcs where the the, the continuing story goes over all the episodes. But if you go back to the like the first ten seasons, you can kind of watch anyone in any order. And uh, okay, yeah, you're gonna be pretty good. Okay, so let's review. Um, I'm looking at my list. Bad parents were Frank Reynolds, Homer Simpson, Frank Costanza. Surprisingly, yeah. only three. I gave I gave the Connors a middle of the road. Yeah. Um, Martin Crane was, I mean, he was, I guess he's middle of the road, but he didn't do anything bad. Yeah. Ward and June were golden. Yeah. Um, Murray Goldberg was middle of the road to lower. Yeah. Uh, Andy, Andy Taylor was a saint. Um, the Brady's were saints. Yeah. And the Hex were, Hex were like the Connors. So I guess I only had three bad ones. I see. Count, look at yours. I think you had more bad than good, didn't my, you? My bad. Al Bundy was bad. Lucille Bluth is bad. I mean, Archie was kind of good and bad. Uh, Walter White was good, then really bad. 
Frank was bad and Randy. I've probably got like five bad ones and five, you know, on the, on the better side ones. Okay. Not too bad. I'm not sure what we expected. I think when we first talked about this, I think we were going to do, I think the, the wording I used was best TV moms and dads. And thank God you changed it to, you know, memorable, <laughs> memorable. because I don't know if we could have come up with, you know, we've been bored with 10 sweethearts, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to talk about just good, good people all the time. You gotta, you gotta mix a few rascals in there too. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to, some things we talk about in a week and then um, you and I clear things up, but we don't ever let the listeners in on. We talked about uh, Pup and Taco. Pup, Pup and Taco. And I had my doubts and I researched it and we found out that there were as many as 99 locations of Pup and Tacos. Yeah. And their um, their locations were so good. The, the real estate was so good that Taco Bell came in and bought them out. So there is no more Pup and Taco, but there was at one time. So <laughs> uh, even though I doubted you, I don't know why I would doubt a resident of California that ate there. Yeah. You were correct. All right. So, so it wasn't just my memory playing tricks on me. I, was, I, did, I do remember it. Nope, nope. So that's a crazy name. I I didn't look to like see if there's any old menus or anything like that on the on the internet. I'm sure there must be. Yeah. Well, and then you also you also said you found out that the the closest uh, Jack in the Box is like down in Cincinnati somewhere. So I gotta gotta find gotta find a reason to go down there and get get some Jack in the Box. Yeah, Westchester, Ohio. Yep. Which is Cincinnati. And you could go to Indianapolis and Chicago, did I say? Oh, okay. Maybe. I don't know. Indianapolis and Cincinnati. Perfect. Okay. Well, very good. Another successful podcast. Um, if you didn't hear all the ways to get a hold of us, uh, go back, rewind to the beginning, because I already did that. And um, we'd love to hear from you. Um, and I think... We're growing on one of our platforms. It tracks uh, on the anchor platform that I gave out the website. It tracks how many people listen. And okay, um, all the way back to that Seinfeld baseball, which is our very first one. We've had like, you know, 79, 80 people listen to that one. Wow. So that's pretty yeah. good. That and pretty- the funny thing is like when uh, last week when I, when I post an episode, you know, usually we do these on usually do these on a Thursday, and then Friday I listen to it, make sure it's cool, and then I post it. Yeah. And I and I think like three hours after I had posted Friday's episode, we already had three listens. So wow, got got people out there anxiously awaiting. Yeah, people are getting notified and and they're lapping it up, man. <laughs> so if everybody wants to write us a sponsorship check, I suppose you could do that too. Excellent. Okay, my man, that was a long one, just wrapping up stuff at the end. But uh, those are 20 good parents, and we doubled up on maybe two or three of them. But I will will talk to you uh, via this format next week. You got it. All All right. right. See ya. Yep.